Welcome to the Ryan and Nate's Business Podcast. Come listen to these two blue-collar business guys. Nate, your go-to automotive repairer, and Ryan, your local heating and air contractor, talk about business, how to help you, and hear stories from our local unsung heroes. Community matters to them, and so does a healthy business. Here's Ryan and Nate. Hey everyone, welcome to the Ryan and Nate Business Podcast. Thank you for listening. Today is Culture Day. So Nate and I are going to talk about culture and what we've learned from our church about culture. With that, I think I've learned more from being a high-capacity volunteer, meaning they asked you to do a bunch of stuff and you did it, and it was all great. I would absolutely go back and do it again. I'm not a high-capacity volunteer anymore. But during that time, I learned so much that's practical to business. We had to read a book. It was Bill Hybels. Courageous Leadership. Courageous Leadership, oh, yep. That's it. Courageous Leadership. Yep. So did they require you to read that book ever? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because you want to be a high-level leader at the church we go to, you have to read. Right. In my time, it was you had to read these like three books. But the one with leadership was Courageous Leadership by Bill Hybels. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think I was in a book club where we read like 10 books. Okay. That was one of them. Mm-hmm. There was a bunch of other leadership books in there as well. But no, I totally would agree with you. Doing volunteer things through church probably had the biggest impact on my leadership than anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And our pastor came up with three C's. The book talks about three C's. Nate talked to us about what those six C's are, if you can get them off the top of your head. Well— I feel like you always remember the other three. So yeah. clarity, care, and challenge mm-hmm. is the ones that we've really zoned in on when it comes to business. You want someone to know clearly what their job is, what their role is, what their lanes are that they're allowed to run in. Mm-hmm. So you want to give them clarity. Good hallways. Yep. Yep. You want to give them challenge so that they have a mountain to climb, mm-hmm. as we say. And the size of that mountain matters. Right. Some people want a huge mountain to climb. They're semi-chuck. They're better when they have weight on the back. And other mm-hmm. people, they can't handle a tall and high mountain, but that's okay. Or there's some people that could handle the tall mountain, but you got to give it to them in bite-sized pieces. Mm. If you give it to them all at once, they'll get overwhelmed. Yeah, and all that relates to Myers-Briggs and their personality type. Like, you can figure that out based off their mm. personality mm-hmm. test. I don't know if I've ever thought about it exactly that way, but that would be fun to try, to try to think through that. And then, so clarity, challenge, and care. Care. Care is just making sure that people know that they're seen. Mm-hmm. I always just think of the eyeballs. You just want to make sure that, not in a creepy way, but yeah. in a good way, that they are seen, that people are valued. It's that intangible soft skill stuff, right? They're hired for a job. It's not good enough just that they're getting the job done. Mm -hmm. A good leader pays attention to how the job is getting done, what the energy level of that person is, can tell you whether or not they're feeling enough care or not. Yeah. So it's like a balanced equation. All three things have to be kind of balanced. If anything's out of whack, if one's more or less than it should be, then your employee is like, it's like you're taking a withdrawal from them mm-hmm. over time. And over a long period of time, you know, we've all at work, we've all had seasons where you got to get over something. And so maybe there's extra challenge for a season. But if that becomes the norm, it's not a season anymore. It's like, this is just the nature of the culture of this place. Then that will wear somebody out and they will leave. Yeah. 
And we have it written on the wall out there, embrace the suck. And that's what you were talking about just before the podcast. You mentioned to me, you know, I was talking about rapid growth at Beltway and, you know, what that looks like and considering not doing rapid growth anymore, considering not saying that I'm committing to that. Ryan Grimes doesn't commit to anything. (laughs) (laughs) I'm married. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. In business, business, Ryan Grimes, it's all an experiment, right? (laughs) I'm very committed. Yes, you're um, very committed to marriage. Yeah, all right. Thank Just you. Get that out there. <laughs> you are. But in business, that's why I love working with you because it's all an experiment. What's going to work? Yeah, everything is always an experiment. I love it. And building the plane as you're flying it. But what we were talking about is the rapid growth. And you were saying like, yeah, you know, when you have rapid growth, your systems and your processes and your culture have to change constantly. And it's almost like a kid going through a new wardrobe if they go through a growth spurt. You have to immediately change everything all over again, and that will tire somebody out. Yep. And I thought that was really good advice. Yeah. So thank you for that. I wrote it down. No, you didn't. You typed it out. I I typed it out on a notepad. (laughs) Yeah, it did. But with care, care looks different in a lot of different ways. And I think you nailed it the most. The best way to execute care is to allow someone to be seen. But how do you systemize care? How do you systemize challenge? How do you systemize clarity for somebody? Hmm. And I think that's what our jobs are as entrepreneurs is to systemize those three C's. Right. And at the same time, not systemize them. They have to be systemized, but... They have to be authentic. Yeah, have to be authentic. So, like, what comes to mind is, like, if you had a system in place to praise your employees, Mm -hmm. well, if you applied the system to everyone the same exact way, it won't go well. Because Mm -hmm. some people like public praise and some people despise it. Right. Some people would rather a gift that's thoughtful. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean. Like systematize. It can't just be equal and even all the way across the board because it will cost a lot of money and it won't be effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when someone gets hired, we do a new hire basket and we go to the dollar store and we get all their favorite things. You know, on the company new hire form, it's like, what's your favorite candy? What do you like to do? What are your kids' names? What's their ages? Yada, yada. A lot of people say fishing, movies, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So the new hire basket's got a gift card to the movies, their favorite candy in there, or their favorite kids' candy. And you try to wrap the whole family in, and they're like, hey, here, kids, I got your whatever, right? Some people light up when they see that. Other guys, they're like, oh, thanks. Yeah. And you know it's just like probably still underneath their van. Like their seat (laughs) underneath their van is just like some Laffy Taffy, like just getting stuck under there, you know? And there's probably a lot of other pieces in that, right? Like just Mm -hmm. culturally, like, I mean, your HVAC technicians are similar to my automotive technicians. It's like there's something that's like just culturally about technicians. They're like blue collar workers. Yeah, I just want to work. I don't, you know, they want to say like, I don't care about all that touchy-feely stuff. Mm -hmm. But there's some of them that really do, but they won't let you know they do. Mm -hmm. Right? Like just a lot of technicians are just like, just give me a job. Just give me a job to do. Mm -hmm. Keep the candy. Right. But if you do it right, you can still impact them with a good gift. Yeah. So the best way to figure out how someone likes to care is just to ask them what their love languages are. Mm -hmm. Right? To go off of them on top of my head, the love languages are for your romantic relationship, but... They can be correlated to the culture relationship to physical touch, acts of service, words of affirmation, gift giving, and quality time. Good job. That was amazing. I think quality time allows somebody to be seen the most, Mm -hmm. you know, but as 
both of our companies are probably hanging around 15 to 20 employees or so. Mm-hmm. It's hard to hang out with 20 people. Yep. Right. Authentically, yeah. Yeah, authentically. And then you have your task, you have the systems you need to create, and how are you going to make time? You know, when it's a five-man company, it's like more than likely you're working with them once a day anyway. Right. So I think quality time executes at the best. But if you can figure out what the other ones are, you can tell if they want public praise. You can tell, do they need a gift card? You can tell, you know, you had a really good thing about the physical touch part. You know, that's what their number one thing is. I'm good at physical touch. Is that what you're saying? No. <laughs> um, don't touch me. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yes, was, the fist bump, the pat on the back. Yeah. The fist bump and the pat on the back. That's what they enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. So some people hate it. Some people don't want that. But yeah, especially in the technician world, it's just like, man, somebody does like a good job. You just walk by and just reach out, handshake or a fist bump. And it, it could mean the world to that technician. Yeah. I think if I had to go back and do it over again, I think I cared too much for the guys mm-hmm. in previous seasons of business. And with those caring too much in those previous seasons, there's been seasons where I think I kind of made a petri dish of, I wouldn't say spoiled brats, but like entitlement, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And then it became, you're hanging out with Ryan and I'm not, and Ryan said something nice about you, but not about me. I felt like I was in a relationship with two grown men. It was weird. <laughs> Right. But times that by a lot. And it was seven guys, you know, it was eight guys, you know, it was just going back and forth. And everyone had their own like perception and persona about what's going on. So that's why I've peeled back on that a lot this summer. We have our, a lot of people would call them core values. Mm -hmm. Does New Life have core values? Not on the wall. Yeah. But core values to me are kind of meaningless. And the only reason I have my, I call it the MVP statement, the mission, the vision, and the promise. And I did not think, how can I make MVP like something, but that's just what it came out to. Okay. And I was like, cool, this is working. It has to be, you know, something here. Yeah. But it's just like a reminder of, you know, this is what the mission is here. This is what the vision is going to be. And then this is what the promise is going to be. And the promise is it's going to suck at time, but we embrace the suck because that's what we have to do. We can't avoid summer. We can't avoid addicts. The vision is to love your job and excel in your career, unlocking the best version of yourself. You know, I still, if someone needs counseling, I'll definitely pay for it, anything like that. And then the mission is to provide five-star service to our customers and to each other. And the mission for us, what that does All that's trademarked, so if you're listening and try to steal it, (laughs) I'll sue you until tomorrow. But what that does is if someone's talking bad about the last technician that was there because he messed up, that's not providing five-star service to the customer or each other, right? So that's a common thing because a lot of our guys, they come from other companies because they're leaving to come to a better opportunity, right? But they bring their bad habits with them. So we have the wall. It says the things, we live in the parameters of the things we say. What I was doing for a long time, and I think this is a good antibiotic for your company, but it's not like a good long-term thing, was every time somebody did something that communicated the mission, vision, or the promise, I'd have them write it down and put it in the box. And then at the end of the quarter, I would read them all to everyone back. I think that's a really good thing. And you might be listening and say, Ryan, please let me know more about that. I need that. And I'm more than happy to show you. But damn, is it 
a lot of work. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to do that. Every time someone does something outside of their job a little bit, I'm like, hey, make sure you write that down. You know? Yeah, yeah. I don't have time for that at this next level of business that I'm getting into. I think that's another reason why you need to enjoy the culture you have now. Don't ever look at this is where we need to be. This is where we need to be. enjoy what it is now because it'll never be this again. Mm. You know, I remember when we all worked from home, it was me, two other office ladies, and two other ter- technicians. And you're not really talking about COVID. You're talking about when you started. When I started, yeah. yeah. Well before COVID. And I just remember going to the office lady's house and telling them thank you and dropping them off lunch. And mm-hmm. they just felt so cared for. And I went out to the guys and I picked up their equipment for them. And like, it was just like, Everyone felt at home and everyone worked super late because they loved what we were doing. Right. That's never going to happen again. Right. That feeling of everyone's in it together. Right. Once you get to this level, it's not happening. Yeah. That warm and fuzzy feeling. Now it's, we have a job to do. We have structure. We have overhead to overcome. Right. You know, people can only work 10 hours, 12 hours, 14 hours a day for so long. And they did it with a smile on their face forever, but I would never expect, and I don't think it's a bad thing that people don't work 14 hours a day anymore here. Yeah, that was startup challenge, right? Yeah. The challenge was high Mm -hmm. during startup. If you tried to sustain that, you'd wear everybody out. Yeah. As much as they love you, you'd wear everybody out. So what do you think about, it's not too late to pull the plug on doing the feedback loop on appreciation, Mm -hmm. but I feel like it's an antibiotic Mm -hmm. more than it is a cure. Like, it needs to happen all the time. Yeah, the two things that come to mind are, one, I think as you grow, and to kind of bring it back to where we started this conversation, was what we learned at our church Mm -hmm. through volunteer. Because I remember going to our church when it was just a few dozen people in a movie theater. Mm -hmm. And people were, like, setting up, tearing down, putting all kinds of hours in. Mm -hmm. And now it's, like, well over a thousand people on a weekend show up. Mm -hmm. But there's different ways that they've created teams so that even though the church has gotten big, it feels small. Mm -hmm. We hear that over and over and over and over again. I think that can happen with a company, too, that grows. Mm. So at some point, maybe all the way until now, your company has been at the size to where you could be the source of the three C's for each of your employees. Mm -hmm. But I think what's really probably worth more your energy than trying to do this MVP thing every single month Mm-hmm. is to pour into key people that are going to then pour into their teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one thing that we do as well that helps is we'll do the service night. We don't do an install night. We have enough installers now to do an install night, but the installers, I feel like they got it so good, they love it and leave them alone. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? They're in their little bubble. Yep. We pay our installers better than anyone else, to my understanding, and the structure of their pay is very lucrative for them. So it's like, I just want to get my job done and go home. Mm-hmm. The service guys, I mean, they're the ones that really have the company on their back. The installers, they need to just not have callbacks, right? And I don't appreciate one versus another. Installers make the money. Service guys bring the money in. Mm-hmm. But we'll do service night, which I'm not involved in at all. You know, my general manager will take them out. They can eat and drink as much as they want on Beltway. We'll do that once a month. And we usually have a pretty good turnout for that. It's those type of things that are just like, instead of making blue-collar workers like tell them how they feel about each other, like just let them go get drunk. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's care. Yeah. <laughs> but if you empower your general manager to do that, 
mm-hmm. with the team, then it's not you doing it with everyone, right? You can still step back a little bit mm-hmm. and see what the office needs, what the install crew need, what's the service crew need, and kind of divide it up and equip each of those leaders to do that. Hopefully, they've been around you long enough to catch the vision mm-hmm. for what that is. I think it's more important than trying to standardize everything, especially as your company grows. Mm -hmm. The other thing with these three C's too is like, it is very individualized, like how the three C's and especially the love language, how that applies to care is that if you try to standardize and everything's equal, then it becomes this programmatic thing and it kind of loses like the whole reason why it works, right? Right. It's just like, well, everyone got a birthday cake. And so we're going to sing again to this guy. So you, you can... <laughs> to this guy. His birthday is after mine. Right. We can skillfully... Uh, and then before you know it, you're singing happy birthday in New Region just to like be different, you know? Yeah, and you're, you're Milton not getting your piece of cake and yeah. in office space. Yeah, like one guy gets a cake and then like the next one gets like a pie. Yeah. And then the next one we sing it in Spanish. But if you're doing it for everyone, like if you do it, if it's not going to happen the same way all the time, then it starts to feel more genuine. Mm -hmm. I think it's really a hard thing to do. And I think it's why equipping the people that are managing the groups of three, four, and five, Mm -hmm. that's probably better because they know them best and what's going to actually work. Another good way, I think, to systemize it too, it was a TED Talk I listened to. It was about autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Mm. You sent that one to me. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, and I think that's a really great way to care for somebody in a systematic way. So if you're like, I'm trying to figure out how to systemize care, mm-hmm. autonomy, mastering purpose, give them the freedom to give them a big hallway. You know, that relates to clarity, right? But give them a big hallway that they can create. Mm-hmm. They have freedom to do X, Y, Z. Right. That would be autonomy. Masteries allow them to create the challenge of... I want to master this next thing. I want to get to the next thing. That's why we fly our guys out to California and Arkansas to either learn sales or technician training, Mm -hmm. you know, and can we do that ourselves in house? Yeah, but I'm telling you, it doesn't work as good when I say it, when I send them to California and he says that the exact same effing way, come back and they're just flipping money left and right. Right, but you paid for them to have an experience. They're listening more because it's not the guy they see every day. And I mean, they have to take a six and a half hour flight and it's a big freaking deal. You know, a lot of people don't even get to fly, eh? And a lot of people don't see the other side of the country. Yeah, it's the same reason why my kids don't listen to me, but they'll come to you and talk to you. And then it's like, wait a second. Yeah. Ryan told me that community college is a good option too. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a second. My dad said the same thing. (laughs) <sighs> just goes right past them but it's like but Ryan said it so it's it's cool yeah I think it's really really good so autonomy mastering and purpose what is my purpose in this role what is next for me what is you know I think if you can fill out that bubble of what is my purpose here mm-hmm. and not on a like my purpose is to be a father and provide and love God with all your heart soul mind strength like all that's very very good but that's personal yeah. it's not necessarily business So what is my purpose here? Meaning, why am I valued here? What value do I bring? I think when you're seen, you feel valued. And that's what purpose is, is I feel valued here. I know my place. I know where I belong. That's how that all incorporates. I think one of the best ways to just push that forward Mm -hmm. is through stories. Right. And as a leader, if you can capture the stories, if you can capture stories 
in such a way that you can communicate them, whether it's at team meetings or just even forwarding an email to that technician or that that five-star review that they got that mentioned their name. It's just telling stories. Because mm-hmm. I think as leaders, that's our big job is to cast a vision. And as a leader, sometimes I think like, do these guys really need to hear again why we do what we do? And they do. Mm-hmm. They, they want to hear it over and over and over again, that this is why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the best way to reiterate that in a new way is through telling stories and that gives people purpose because mm-hmm. it's like when they have to embrace the suck and the attic is really really hot they can remember oh oh this is why we do what we do right mm-hmm. these people are relying on us like this is a person this is not just a house that's annoying but this is a person this is their story you know this is why we're doing this thing and this is how we're different than the competition because we care Right. And I think if you can tell those stories over and over and over again, it never gets old to people. Yeah. If they're authentic. The other three C's are, it's when you're hiring somebody. And the hiring process matters a lot. Because the way you hire is what your culture is going to be. You know, if I have a good feeling about the person, more than like I'll hire you. If I feel like you're a friend I haven't seen in a while. Mm -hmm. The three C's on the hiring is competency. Character. And chemistry there you go so you can't teach character and that's the biggest one you don't know that you don't really know any of these in a 30 even an hour and 30 minute interview because i've had those too yep i had an hour and 30 minute interview and i thought man this guy's gonna be the best thing since sliced bread come here and he flopped yep. you know i've had a 15 minute interview and i said how much do you want an hour he said a number i said great and i yelled out in the office hey give him the papers you know and he turned out to be a rock star so the way it got broke down for me was on those three C's, character, chemistry, and competency, Competency is what I let them watch my dog mm-hmm. and what I grab a beer with them. If the answer is yes to both, then they have a job. We had to let go of a guy yesterday because his competency wasn't there. You know, we hire helpers and in a year's time, we need them to be junior technicians in a year. It's a tall ask. Because it takes three, four years to learn this trade. But we're like, you know, we've gone through the majority of the summer. It's going to take you two, three years to get in a van. It is what it is. He's not less than of a human by any means. But Gil let him go. But I know for a fact if he came in my office and he said, hey, why are you letting me go? I just need to hear from you. I would have replied back because I wouldn't let you watch my dog. Because my dog needs a pill in the morning, a pill in the evening. Right? <laughs> needs fed twice a day. She's a difficult dog. Right? But you have to have that competency of, right. can you at least watch my dog? Right. So you can do the best you can in an interview to try to pull some of that stuff out. But really, it's proven over time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the competency especially comes into play. When's the last time you hired a guy? You had like this John Cena looking dude last time I came by. <laughs> yeah. We don't hire very often because the guys stay around because the culture is good. The culture works and to where they, they want to stay around. So I don't have openings. And... Up until this point, we haven't been in a growth season like like you've been pushing for. Mm-hmm. So we will be soon, and I'll need to hire more and more quickly. But as of now, we had got to the place where we had who we needed, and they were thankfully staying. And so every once in a while, we have to hire someone. We had a guy retire, so you're, mm-hmm. you're hiring someone to come in behind them. I think a lot, a lot of times guys leave me for better opportunities. Mm. They don't see themselves getting in the office here, so they go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, Or they want a certain title that 
I just can't give them, nor will give them, mm-hmm. and they go somewhere else. Because to be a leader and a manager here, I mean, it's way more than you would be at any other blue-collar company, mm-hmm. right? Like, my standards are high, and they're annoying. Yeah, and you don't apologize for that. No, I don't. Yeah. There's a reason why we have the reputation we do. There's a reason why we've grown like we've had. Yep. And it's all because of that team out there. Yep. But if that team is not the best in the industry, then we're not going to do those things. Yep. That culture, that intangible thing of culture too, especially when it comes to the trades, mm-hmm. it's one reason why your company, my company, mm-hmm. some of the ones we've worked with stand out. Yeah. Because sadly, it doesn't take a lot mm-hmm. to stand out yeah. in the blue collar industries because mm-hmm. people are not treated well. Mm-hmm. I'm excited, and when you mentioned that, I'm excited to, like, rework my website more. Mm -hmm. And the pages that we've recently added are, like, a lot more fun. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just, like, more just fun stuff. It's, like, I'm not a serious guy, so we just don't take things as serious on the website, right? Like, the original writing was, we've been doing this proudly for blah, 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 and we always make sure that blah, 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 and excellence and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, now it's just, like, fill out this form, answer a couple questions, and we'll get back to you. We'll make sure it's just right. Is there a picture of you with your bare feet uh, <laughs> up on your desk? <laughs> yeah, probably not. No, okay. When the guys come in, I try to put my feet down, but other times I'm like, I don't fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, treating people well, that culture stands out. This week we put air conditioning in the shop for my technicians. Mm-hmm. I found out talking to some of the other industry people around, and we made that decision because we felt like Putting air conditioning in for your technicians, which if you're not familiar with automotive repair, anyone listening, it's not normal Mm -hmm. to have air conditioning inside the base. And I think that comes from lots of things. It's just an aging industry. The industry is changing really rapidly, but the technicians are aging in it. Mm -hmm. And the old school way of thinking was, well, you just work real hard and little pansies need air conditioning. (laughs) But back in the 70s, it was a more of a grease monkey kind of job. Mm-hmm. But now it's super high, heavy diagnostic work. And so mm-hmm. when you're in the summer and you're leaning over a fender and you've got a wiring harness apart that has over 100 wires in it, mm-hmm. some of them could be fiber optic wires. And it's like you got sweat rolling off of you mm-hmm. while you got this, you know, thousands of dollars worth of test equipment in your hands testing these things. Mm-hmm. Or maybe even worse, you're under the dashboard doing that and it's a thousand degrees. Mm-hmm. It's silly crazy. And so I wanted to have a professional environment where our technicians could work in as comfortable of an atmosphere as possible. Mm-hmm. I do believe it will end up helping the bottom line, but I have absolutely no way of knowing how to predict how it would, it's going to affect the bottom line. Yeah, month to month, how many cars are coming in and out? You know, the guys don't have to stop and wipe their forehead as much, you know? They have more energy. I have very personable technicians that also, they're not just back in the shop. So mm-hmm. they're also in the office mm-hmm. connecting with clients, mm-hmm. talking to them about what they're doing. So they're, in many cases, the same technician that's working on your car is the one that's going to be talking to you about your car, which makes it a little different than some of the places. It just keeps it all separately. Some guy in a suit and tie is telling you what, you, what was wrong with your car. Yeah. So to have my tech have to basically like get cleaned up and change in order to come in and talk to someone, there's all so much wasted time or it just looks more professional when he doesn't come out. He's got, mm-hmm. you know, he's his whole back isn't full of sweat. Like he's coming out professionally 
to talk to somebody. I've been talking to some people in the industry over this past week since I've installed it. Every salesman that's come in is like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yes, yeah, well, we did it. And, and I'll ask them like, and they have hundreds of hundreds of shops as clients. Mm-hmm. And I asked one guy, I said, you know, how many shops do you have in your region? And he services like the whole of Central Maryland. I said, how many shops have air conditioning? He said, five, five shops have air conditioning. Yeah. Out of hundreds and hundreds of them. Right. That story was the same with many of the salespeople that I talked to. So I just, one of those things where culture, you can't on the front end often, it's like you're just doing a good human thing. What's the right thing to do for your team? Right. And you might not necessarily be able to draw a line to say, if I do this, if I do A on the spreadsheet, this number pops out on the bottom line. Correct. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, but it does work out if I do this, my life is not as miserable here, Mm -hmm. you know? So if you come into work and everyone loves their job, your job becomes a lot easier. Yeah. You don't have to pick up every little piece that falls because you have people that care enough to pick up the ball when it drops. Right. So, yeah, I get it. Culture's not tangible, but I think you said it best when you said the business is a reflection of the owner Mm -hmm. and whatever that looks like. Yep. So if you have an owner that's generous, the company's going to be generous. And if you have a you know owner that cares about other people, it's going to reflect. So it's just a reflection on what you are. Yep. And I think to be an entrepreneur in today's society, you should be a guy who cares about culture and cares about people. Because if you don't, there's too many other entrepreneurs out there that do, and that's where right. they're going to go. Yes, culture cannot outpace the character of the leader that runs the company. And we're going to end on that. All right. All right, another one in the bag. Yep.